As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. We are not good. What? We are not good, Chef. No. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Why the f*** do I watch this game? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie, or Hogg, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Uh, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, man, how, how you doing? Um, Coach Dicka versus the Hurricane, who would win? Dicka, Dicka. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the Hurricane is Hurricane Dicka. Here they are. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in Hogan Johns on a Tuesday morning live on YouTube. Two other knuckleheads. <laughs> oh, he went searching for a description there. Yeah, I would have said losers, but thank you so much for having us. I really, really appreciate it. Good to see everybody. Thanks. This is a thrill for me to start my Tuesday morning. This is awesome. I, I personally have no idea why we were invited on this show. I'm pretty sure the people that specifically watch this show are to avoid me and Carl. So <laughs> I think you guys are making a huge mistake, but let's see where this goes. Well, we won't go through the long list of text messages yesterday as we were searching for other guests. <laughs> uh, that, I like that is it. Do we make the top 10? Were we in the top 10? John's? I think you're around seven. <laughs> I'll take seven. That's a win, Braggs. Hey, we're here to have fun on a Tuesday morning, guys. <laughs> I've, I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. Never had a cup of coffee. Come on. This will be like Not one once. of two I have today. I, I, don't, I don't need it. I'm just wired by life. <laughs> I, I, I bought this. OJ at Mariano's yesterday to carry me to victory in in my elite tennis match, and unfortunately, it didn't happen as I lost in a crushing eleven nine tiebreaker in the third set to go defeated for the season. But I'm happy to be here. Just I want everybody to know that I went defeated. Go me as as usual, defeated in tennis. Um, for those listening to the podcast and. Uh, I don't know. I think they probably recognize those voices, but uh, Mark Carmen, Greg Braggs Jr. from CHGO. A little crossover episode on this Tuesday morning. Uh, 
I have questions about Carm's background. His background has never looked this nice in the history of any remote show I've ever done with him. He was hanging up like a Picasso before the show started. <laughs> this is what this is what we do here. Um, we 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 hang Picassos and we we have an acai bowl. Uh, it's a great start to the day right here. We got some blueberries, some raspberries, some chia seeds. I, I don't know if that's what you guys do on this show, but I figured that I would be super healthy. We just pound coffee. Yeah, I was going to say, usually, usually I scramble for like a banana, maybe one Eggo waffle, <laughs> one espresso, and run down here with some water and start the show. That's usually what happens. I have a lovely napkin um, <laughs> right here. Leg, Lego. My, I can't believe you still go Lego my ego. That's so good. Nobody goes Lego my ego anymore. That's like that's like 1992 at best. I'm, I'm proud of you, Hogue. It's for, for for me. It's been ninety two through twenty twenty three. If I'm being honest, John's. Do you Lego your ego? I don't eat egos. They're not good for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really eat breakfast. I mean, once in a great while, I'll eat breakfast, but not often. Mm. This guy doesn't drink coffee. He doesn't, doesn't eat. Coffee. What does he no. do? No, I never. I don't have time for breakfast. Whiskey. Whiskey. I got a bottle of whiskey over here. There I ain't go. taking a rip, so don't ask. No, I would not ask you to do that at 8.38 in the morning. Now, when we get back together at noon today with Cole Komet on the show, um, maybe I'll ask you then. All right. Uh, look, lot, lots to talk about here, quarterback-wise. Otherwise, uh, Bears coming off a win. Um, Johns, I get to talk to these guys every day. So what questions do you have for them? What's their first question for Cole Komet today after a winning week? Ooh, good question. Carm? Well, you know, Cole didn't get a catch on, on Sunday, um, but was, he was doing all the little things. So I, I, I like to learn from Cole uh, where he got that determination that, hey, I don't need to get the football. I'm just going to go out there to win football games, and that's what I do, and that's why I'm 85, and that's why – I got a Bears contract extension. That's why I'm a part of, of CHGO. Something something along those lines. You know, just going through a game, not getting the ball, and keeping your focus and keeping your motivation. So I, I watched the uh, film yesterday with uh, Josh Lucas. We went, we went over, like, every offensive snap. And when Deontay Foreman scored that uh, check down reception touchdown, like, Cole yep. is out there, right? And Josh Lucas, longtime scout, 20 years of scouting, right? Like, freezes – the what do you call it? he goes watch Cole Komet watch him here it's not like he did anything extraordinary like in that play but it was his celebration yep it was the way he pumped his arms hit his helmet like that is buying that is a player who cares and knows how much this one means to that team so bring that up to him I, be, I bet you he likes that if a scout's seeing that and seeing the buy-in from one of the Bears most important players yeah, it definitely shows he cares. Um, he, he timed it up perfectly, too, you know, where he sees the pass coming into the flat. And it, it is a big part of the way Foreman got into the end zone there. So he takes pride in, in not just, you know, catching the ball, but blocking, too. So obviously, I'm sure he wants to get a touchdown or get some more catches on his on the stat sheet. But it ain't, it ain't about the stats. It's about the wins. So, John's you're talking to Josh Lucas and going over the film. What was his impressions of the quarterback, Tyson Bajan? It was um, conservative in a way. He actually pointed out a couple of plays where he thought Bajan could have 
held out longer in the pocket, where he bailed a bit too early, where you actually see the protection, which was outstanding, guys, I think, th- throughout the game. The offensive line had a really good day. Cody White here, talk about a bounce-back day for someone who was kind of ripped to shreds out there. Very, very good day for Cody White here. Um, there was a couple times where Bajan bails early and gets, still gets the ball quick. You still have positive plays, which is, well, a positive, but there's a corner shot to Mooney where I think if you're Luke Getze, you point that out on film review. And then there's a touchdown shot to Cole Komet. Ask him about this one. There was a shot play. God, I, I, I want to say second half. Um, it looked like a cover three beater where Cole Komet becomes wide open in the end zone. You could see him in the end zone like uh, frustrated a bit because Bajan actually bailed from the pocket early, tried to spin out of it to his left. Um, I think he checked it down a bit um, or maybe threw it away. I'm, I'm not remembering exactly, but I do remember seeing Cole Komet wide open in the end zone. That's a play. If for Lou Getze, you're like, hey, you know, it wasn't a loss of yardage. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing first game, and what have you. But in order to get better, see Cole Komet right here. So I think there's some missed opportunities. Every game is like that, but he thought in some plays, although Bajent was good as an undrafted rookie, you know, all that context, there were some misplays for the rookie. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the adjustments that the Chargers make, you know, now that they've seen a full, you know, week or a full game of tape on Tyson Bajent and what they're trying to do. It seemed to me that the game plan was exactly the same game plan as the Green Bay game. The difference was the execution across the board, blocking specifically. You know, from the receivers on the outside and obviously the offensive line and tight end. So it's like, to me, you know, is there, are they going to be able to execute the same game plan, stretch it horizontally, run up the middle and, and force the chargers to defend, you know, the outside, which is going to open up the run lanes. Who knows? I'm not sure if Roshan Johnson is going to be able to come back, but Deontay Foreman certainly had a big game. So that's going to be my biggest question is, can he take another step? That was obviously a great first step for a division two rookie in his first career start, but can he take the next step? And if they have to chase points, you know, I I think the chargers are more capable of, of putting up more points on the board. And, you know, the bears may not have the comfort of having a lead and play that ground and pound and time of possession game where they're going to have to up the ante as far as tempo. Johns, are you in on him? If you if you had to if you had to win one football game right now, the Bears are in the playoffs on Sunday. I got a healthy Justin Fields right here. I got a healthy Tyson Bajan. Who are you taking? I'm taking Josh McCown. That's you're a great guy, answer. You're, you're, you're the original McCowney, weren't you? <laughs> I, I mean, I do wonder. If this. No, I'm going Fields, man. It's. Are it's, you? Yeah, I know. It's like Ty, Tyson Bajan is a, is a fun story right now. I, I think he played great. Um, I, I really do. I do think he is a quick release. I think he built off like everything. And we talked about this on our Sunday show. Everything he did in that game was a continuation of what we did in training camp and in the preseason. Balls out quick. Looks very poised in the pocket. Looks very confident. His teammates like him. That was the storyline back then, and it continued into the season. So you like seeing that. But he's still QB, too. Need to see more before we start going down the full McCowney road like this isn't like how many touchdowns did Josh McCown threw through against the Cowboys that one game like five. Yeah, they didn't punt. They didn't punt that game. That's the thing I remember most. It was like scored on five degrees and Josh McCown was unstoppable like this. This this is different. And the Cowboys, I think, were favorites in that one as well. You know, Tyson Bajan beat Brian Hoyer in 
the Raiders, who might have problems. Like, you know what is really alarming? If like you're the Raiders, like watch that film. There is some awful tackling from their secondary, like guys that yeah. are making business decision after business decision. Uh, Marcus Peters is just like they, they don't want to get physical with anybody. Um, so there's some problems there. In o- and I almost said Oakland, Las Vegas. Well, I mean, I think the question that Carm is kind of missing here is it's not like who's better. Justin Fields or Tyson Bajan, that's not a discussion. I think the better discussion is who fits better for Luke Getze. Because it seems to me that Luke Getze has a certain way he wants to call plays. And maybe that's an indictment on him that he doesn't understand how to call plays for Justin Fields, who's different than Tyson Bajan. But it seemed like in one game that he's much more comfortable with what Tyson Bajan does behind center than what he has to do with Justin Fields, which Justin Fields has already said at the podium. I want to do things my way, you know? So to me, that's the biggest question. If, when, if, and when Justin Fields comes back, can he cater to Justin Fields strengths as opposed to what he's doing for Tyson Bajan? I still think you saw some things like from fields where I, I know that like that first play against the Vikings been, has been talked about like almost too much, but that's still like, professional quarterback play, right? Like there's a lot of instances where that's the play call. It's it's just a four yard gain. Just throw the ball. Like that's professional quarterback play that needs to happen. And I still think you're looking for more consistency in that regard from fields. Like it's the little things, the short passes, the quick decisions where you just take what you can get four, five yards, put yourself in better situations, come third down. So you're not in third and eight, right? So third and one, third and two. Um, Josh Lucas brought that up actually when we were going through the film. Like those are some little things that Tyson Bajan might actually do a little bit better now. It's trusting the play call, trusting what's going around him, and just delivering the ball when he has to. Trusting his receiver just to make that five yard gain instead of being in first and ten, or, you know, second and ten. Now you're in second and five. You know, it's winning those first and second downs. So third down becomes more of an advantage for you. Um, yes, Fields is the better quarterback, but I still think certain elements of the well, quarterback play need to improve for him. So Tyson Bajan said uh, a couple times that the emphasis for him this week, and I think the emphasis from the coaching staff to him as well, was to get rid of the ball, to hit his checkdowns. So, you know, I'm guessing, John's like that play that you're talking about where Cole Komet was open in the end zone, like they probably didn't kill him for it. Um, it and it's seemed like multiple times he you know, resorted to getting rid of the ball as fast as he could just to be safe. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that to start like as a starting point. Like that's to me, that's, that's a great starting point. And then maybe as he gets more and more experience here in the NFL and he gets more used to, you know, what the clock actually is compared to D two, which is a lot different. um, Then maybe he'll have those moments where he can hold on to it to a tick longer to get to that open guy. Another play I put out yesterday was that third and five throw to Tyler Scott, which just quite frankly, I don't think is the throw Justin Fields makes. He's got traffic in front of him. It's a good pocket, but it's a tight pocket. And Tyler Scott's coming across the middle. And right when you get to about 2.7 seconds, you can just tell Bajan's like, I got to throw it. I got to throw it. And he unloads it right down the hash, the right hash, when Tyler Scott's still at the left hash, and it's a perfect throw as Scott runs right underneath the ball. Now, on the left side of the field, 
you actually see a busted coverage where the linebacker, they're in man, and the linebacker never goes to Deontay Foreman. And so, meanwhile, I actually think on that play, because Fields holds on to the ball longer, doesn't throw it, he probably ends up hitting Deontay Foreman for a huge gain, an even bigger gain, or he keeps it himself for a huge touchdown run, potentially. So this is like, it's not even really a conundrum because both of those outcomes are good, but it's just, I think it's just the difference in the two quarterbacks. And that doesn't need to be a, you know, a Bajans coming for Fields job type situation. It's just, there is a difference between them. And there's no question that Beijing got rid of the ball faster than Fields usually does. Right. Play, it's go it's ahead. more, it's to me, it's, it, that's what it's about because you're saying, yes, Justin Fields is going to extend the play and maybe find that bigger play on the left side. But where the bigger risk of what can turn into a negative play? Well, he also could take a sack there too. Right. Yeah. You know, it's a, and then, then you have the negative plays. And I think that's the best thing that Beijing did on Sunday, which was not take negative plays, stay ahead of the chains. The only negative plays were penalties, and there's too many of those too. But really, he did such a good job of just making sure the ball was always moving forward. Like my, my question for you, Hogue, would do you think the Raiders are in a different defensive? Justin Fields, if you're, if that's a third and five situation, right? So you're probably thinking, you know. You're not going. You're having a contained package or a, a rush that contains him, as opposed to, and you're staying in rush lanes. You want him to stay in the pocket and stuff like that. You might have a spy on him, so things could be a little bit different for that third and five on Justin Fields. Yeah, I, I thought about that, and and because uh, actually, as I found this play yesterday, Herb Howard was still in our studio, and we were actually discussing that um, before I even put the play out because I was like, yeah, it's possible they're in a different defense. But the, the thing is, it's not like they blitz. You know, the linebackers are all sitting there. They're in a normal, like, base defense with the eyes on the quarterback. Maybe they're not in man, um, and maybe they're in zone instead. But... Um, you know, regardless, I think it was a it was a good example of Bajent going through. I think it's his third progression by the time he gets there. And I don't have a problem with him not seeing the back wide open on the back end because, again, the, the emphasis is get rid of the football. And you could see he gets to like that clock. And I, regardless of how this all plays out, plays out, I am very, very impressed with that clock in his head. That's a feel thing. That's an instinctual thing. That's a you either have it or you don't thing. And he might not have other things. He sure as hell can't run like Fields. He sh- I don't think he could throw the ball as far as Fields. But if he has that instinctual pocket feel, that's really hard to teach. Now, we have a small sample size here, but he has shown that even going back to the preseason. And this wasn't preseason football. This was real football. And it was there throughout the game, I thought. Well, no one in the NFL is going to run like Justin. I mean, even Lamar at this point. So he it's not like Bajan can't move. He actually, I think, showed everyone in ways that we didn't think that, oh, this guy's a pretty good athlete. He actually can get out of there. And there's a little bit of burst. I, I What gives me confidence in him to everything you're, you're talking about, uh, one, he – you know, after getting a strip sack and having that happen and all the focus for the week, don't turn it over, win the turnover battle. That was his directive. And he's trying to prove to them that he can do it. So he's, so he was super conservative. Um, My, you know, I'm wondering, are you at some point here going to open it up a little bit for him and let him make mistakes and let's see what he can really do. 
because he is good. He is going to throw picks. He threw 46 of them in his college career. But let's I mean, if you really open up the field for him, uh, how much how much is he uh, going to be able to go downfield? And I don't, I also think that this is who he is. He's going to get the ball out quick. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, I watch some of his college games now and it's boom. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, that's what he did. Right. Well, they so. didn't have to open it up. You know, they they were they had the, a good lead. They had a healthy lead. They were running the ball well. You know, that those things played into why they weren't, you know, they're not going to like test his bound. They're trying to win a football game. You know, this was the same problem you went through last year with Justin Fields and his development. We, we talked about this a lot last year on shows. It's like, yeah, we want him. Hey, let's not worry about the turnovers. Well, no, I mean, the coaches are also trying to win a game, too. So, you know, they're going to do the same thing with Tyson Bajan. So, you know, this week, I think, will be a little different. You're on the road. I think the Chargers will put up some points, even though the defense has started to turn a corner. So I'm certainly curious to see how the secondary does against those guys. Uh, but, you know, I think this will be a week where they have to they're forced to pass a little more because of what the score will be. Just like as far as debuts go, I want to give Luke Getze, who who, again, has been ripped a bit. Like some credit for this one. Just compare it to to Justin Fields' debut, right? Just in terms of like building confidence and playing to the strengths of your quarterback. This was vastly different than Justin Fields' debut <laughs> against the Browns, right? For under Matt Nagy. Like, yeah. Like I know the the opponents are different, but you gotta give the game plan, the offensive coaches some credit just in terms of what they wanted to do with Tyson Bajan, like knowing what he does well, knowing what they could do well against the Raiders. And you'll go back to that confidence killer against the Browns and like just vastly different plans or execution. And, and just like that means something for quarterbacks like Tyson Bajan in his second start against the Chargers, a better team against the Raiders has like something good to build upon. He has confidence moving forward. So maybe he can hit Komet. Maybe he can hit Mooney. Maybe he can throw more like Braggs is saying. Like that Fields debut just left you questioning everything. Not only the quarterback, but like what that future was for him under Matt Nagy. Like where that team was headed. Like just different stories taking shape here as far as debuts go. Can can I ask you guys a question? So everyone talks about that Cleveland game, and it's obviously a fair talking point with Nagy. But – the last time that Justin Fields won a game against a division opponent was the following week against Detroit, which is now 751 days ago. They beat the Lions 24-14, and Fields won 11 for 17 after after the Cleveland game. So they made a adjustment. I'm granted it was a terrible Lions team, but whatever. They 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 got him in a position to win a football game, and then I look at the end of that year. Three of his last four games, he's he's right at three hundred yards, and they had the Pittsburgh game too. So I, I'm just like processing now. Did Nagy and that staff actually do a better job with Justin than what Luke and Flus have done with him? Because if like they, it was a horrible start, but they won next week. And he finished kind of strong, and then he comes in here, and it's like, I mean, it started awful last year, and we're, it's he's had some great moments, but it's still, you know, super wobbly. I, I think it's almost a fair question at this point. Well, you had that connection with Darnell Mooney working. Yeah, that, that too. Like one of right? the storylines, if I can remember correctly, Hoke, correct me if I'm wrong, but like the Allen Robinson connection was not working with Justin Fields, right? Like mm-hmm. that, that was one of them. Yep. And then, um, 
trying to think what else. Well, uh, Allen Robinson was checked out that year. Yes, yes. <laughs> he was yeah. like, didn't get his contract. Was ready to move on. Yeah, like didn't play enough yeah. with Justin Fields in the, yeah. the preseason. That was the excuse back then. But I know what you're saying. You know, but you know those are the guys that drafted him, and that was still. That roster at that point, Carm, was still better than what was coming the following season because the rebuild was coming. They still had good players on both sides of the ball. I, I think, you know, that was still the remnants of 2018. You know, you still had talent. That's fair. Now, but. That's fair. Well, I mean, I think, you know, because we're just leading down this road of this big decision and it's the elephant in the room that some want to talk about. Others don't want to talk about what well, we have no choice but to talk about it. And that's where this is going to end at the end of the year and the decision that Ryan Poles is going to make. Now that you have only one more team left with one win, everybody else in the league has two wins. The, ba- or the Bears pick with the Panthers. They have zero. The likelihood of that being the number one or two pick is right there for the Bears. And to me now with Justin Fields, it's great that he's not out for a year. I was anticipating some kind of news like that. When he comes back, you know, this isn't a bad thing that Tyson Bajan came in, has done well, you know, for a rookie D2 guy, you know, wins them their first home game in 392 days. You know, this is it for Justin Fields. He He's, you know, got to overcome some of this adversity. He's got to overcome the injury and he's got to show out here to end the year to sway Ryan Poles' decision. So Tyson Bajan coming in, you know, hey, competition, you know, just breeds, you know, a, you know, success for players if they want to step up to the challenge. So, you know, to me, this is a good thing. Let's see when Justin Fields comes back, if this lights a fire under his ass and, uh, you know, plays with, you know, a little more intent. And and because, like, to me, that that bounce that Bajan had, you know, that's the – that youth youthful exuberance you know he doesn't you know he doesn't understand the pressure of the moment where it does seem like Justin Fields feels that pressure at times he needs to push all that to the side and attack the moment because this is it for him as far as you know being the quarterback for the future of the Chicago Bears yeah I just think you know we're talking about two different coaching staffs three different seasons the same issues overall like that's at some point, it's got to be on the quarterback at least a little bit, right? And now, I think also part of what we've seen this year is maybe there's some truth to, you know, Getty try and ask Justin to do things that he's not great at doing. Um, but I think part of that also, if I'm the general manager, want, I still want to see if he can do those things. And so you have to see if he can do it. Like, this is still... This, this year is not about winning the Super Bowl, obviously, but it's about the quarterback. So you do have to put him in situations, even if they're uncomfortable. Can he do this or not? Um, and there's an evaluation here. I think now at this point, whenever it is, Justin comes back from this thumb. The evaluation should not be over, but I do think there should be an adjustment to an acceptance of what he can and cannot do and then try to cater everything to what he can do and see what that looks like. Just just own that, accept that, and run that and see if you can win games that way. And if you still can't win football games like Tyson Bajan just did with his very limited game plan, then I, then I think you have your answer. Because I still maintain Fields is talented enough that a good coaching staff should be able to get enough out of him to win football games. But at some point, 
it is on the quarterback to stop having negative plays and to stop turning the ball over because you can't win football games that way. Well, I think it's to go back to the Matt Nagy example. The first few weeks were full of examples where the scheme actually is working, where guys are getting open, but the ball isn't delivered. And to use your word, Hogue, acceptance, like how does Ryan Poles, how does Ian Cunningham, how does Jeff King, Trey Cozio, how do they handle that acceptance that things are limited and scaled back? And this is just who he is. Like that's part of their evaluation then too. Like mm-hmm. acceptance. Is this just who he is? Can't get any better. Like how thoroughly do we look at JJ McCarthy? How much time do we spend in Chapel Hill? You know, who's got the condo right now in LA to, to get a f- good feel for Caleb Williams. Like if that is part of the evaluations and there's concerns about acceptance, man, I, I think almost anything's on the table then. Cause I still think you want to see Justin Fields take some steps, right? Yeah, I don't think I don't think he'll I think there will come a point in his career where he gets comfortable enough to just let it rip. I think that day will come. I just don't know if it'll be in a Bears uniform. You know, you look at the way Geno Smith had to move on from the Jets and look at the way he's, you know, kind of revitalized his career. But that's what I'm talking about, Braggs. They found a way to win football games with Geno Smith's strengths and his weaknesses. right? Right. You just accept what those are and then you like Geno Smith's weaknesses are still the same. It's not like they didn't go away. Yeah, but he, he just, became a better quarterback. I mean, I'm sure he'd tell you he's not the same quarterback he was coming. Well, out of but he got more experience to, yeah. and then got put in a good situation. Look, guys, I have Geno Smith on my fantasy team. He's not blowing anybody away here. Okay, my team sucks. My nice too. Um, but he's doing enough to win football games. That's what I'm getting at. And like. I think we sometimes forget that, that that's still what this is about. And if it reaches a point where Fields comes back and they're still not winning, but they're finding a way to win with Tyson Bajant, like you're going to have your answer. I'm just saying you're, you're just that's that's how it's going to be. Um, and can we just stop for one second and just appreciate what Tyson Bajant did? Yeah. How many? <laughs> Whoa. What was that? That's, you got to uh, work with that? What was that? Oh, what? that was the president of the Tyson Bajan fan club. But was like that a that. yes or a yeah? Or just that like, was an involuntary God. spasm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Grown? It, it was a little bit of my Tourette's coming out. Startling. Uh, <laughs> and then there's people listening like in their cars. Yeah. Like, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're, uh, we're, 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 when we, maybe we can work this out of car by the end of the show. Um, because, Braggs and I are in a constant uh, state of just trying to encourage Mark Carmen to lean into what he believes, which is Tyson Bajan should be the quarterback, but he just won't say it. He just won't come out and say it. He's scared. He's scared. Yeah. No, I, uh, okay. Hold on a second. <laughs> I, I, I have said, and I, I, I'm pretty certain. I don't, I don't remember everything I've said, but I, I'm pretty clear <laughs> that I'm saying that if I had to win a football game tomorrow, I'm taking Bajit. All right. I think that right now he's the better quarterback. I think he understands the position and plays it at a, at a better rate, partly be, because, you know, how much he has played the position, which I've tried to underline. I'm also saying that in the Bears position, when you have this much invested in Justin, I don't think you walk away from him and, and not let him play. And you try to you try to figure out one last time if you can 
unlock the immense talent that he has. So there is that. Is that not? That's is that fair. Not, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. But and, I but just want to, go ahead. to support you a little bit here, Carm. I just and Johns and I talked a little about about this the other night on the post game. But like, we have seen so many quarterbacks, especially backups, come in and they literally can't play. Like the stories I've heard about Jonathan Quinn getting in the huddle and like basically almost being in tears. Like Jimmy Clausen going to Seattle and they're just going to punt, 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 and get back on the plane and fly back home. So at minimum, like Tyson Bajan and this Bears scouting staff too deserves, they deserve credit. Like the kid can play. The kid can play. In fact, I think our uh, Jaws, our friends at Obvious Shirts, released a shirt yesterday that said the kid can play. Um, check it out. So you can check that check that out and check all our merch out at HoganJohns.com. But the the baseline here is encouraging. And if you just remove, like, pretend Justin Fields isn't on the team for five seconds, it, there's been this weird denial from the highest level of Justin Fields fans here that, like, everything Bajan did was fake. No. Like, just be happy for a minute, Bears fans. Like, you won a football game. You had good enough, more than good enough quarterback play, in my opinion, from Tyson Bajan. Like, try to separate the two for just a minute and celebrate that. Wins don't come here very often. I mean, yeah, like, well, seriously, that's an, like they don't win a lot of games. So just, well, you're asking just, a lot. You're a lot, asking a lot here from Bears fans because we uh, it's impossible for us to not live in the in- extremes. And uh, everything, everything, you know, has to do with fields, you know, coming into the end of the year. So that's just kind of the impossible, you know, storyline. But yes, I agree with you. We finally have a developmental quarterback that we're looking at. Uh, and and it's encouraging. Like I said, I really enjoyed the way he maneuvered in the pocket. I really like how he stays on his toes. He bounces as he goes through his progressions. You know, that's that's an attention to detail. That's a confidence, like Mark to Mark's point, of a guy that's played the quarterback position for a long time and had a lot of reps and knows what he's looking at. And everybody can say, oh, well, that was Division Two. Yeah, well, he was all his teammates were also Division II players. So you can say, yeah, he threw it against Division II defenses, but, you know, the talent around him was also Division II. So, yeah, I don't think it's a facade. I think he's, if you keep giving Tyson Bajan the opportunity, he'll expand what he built here this first week. Uh, what his ceiling is maybe isn't as high as Justin Fields, but the consistency and avoidance of the negative plays is winning football. You know, so I, I, I definitely encouraged by what I've seen from Tyson Bajan. Complimentary football, the old coaching cliche, but the, the Bears got it right. Like they won the turnover battle. He was smart with the football and the negative plays were at a minimum. It, I think it's still important to point out, like the Bears paid P.J. Walker a lot of money to be Justin Fields' backup. And Tyson Bajan was good enough where they didn't want to risk putting him on waivers. Right. Like he was too good, in their opinion, to risk exposing him to other teams. Like that's yep. still something. An undrafted kid the came in and beat out a veteran. Stands out to me is complimentary football. There you go. There you go. Um, I think one that's word. still noteworthy. And PJ Walker, didn't he just win a football game this week against the 49ers? Uh, fun fact PJ Walker has twice the amount of wins that, that uh, Justin Fields 
has this year and Tyson Bajan. That is not a fun fact. That that's is a nauseating fair. fact. I was just that's Man. not fair to Fields. I'm just kidding. What blanket hog? I'm just he's got two wins. He's two and oh. He's the greatest brown starter of all time. Well, that, that was the thing too. Like to, to to John's point, like it was like a you know, PJ and he did not have a good training camp at all. But it's like normally you would look past that on a veteran quarterback and just take it up like he's getting acclimated. He'll figure it out. This is a veteran quarterback. We're not moving on from that. They they moved on because they really liked Bajan. Yep. Well, and that's important to point out. Like I'm having fun with the idea that PJ Walker's two and zero, mainly because I can't believe it. We're we're all sitting here with knowing that fact that he won games the last two weeks, and not a single person in Chicago is like that was a mistake <laughs> because. Everybody saw it. He was so bad. And also, Bajan was good. And he came in and also won a football game Sunday. And honestly, not that I watched every snap in the Browns game, but I saw the highlights. I think I'd take Bajan 700 days of the week. But again, I just think this also points to the fact that the coaching staff only knows a certain way. You know, that another team can find a way to win two games with P.J. Walker. Do Does anybody here think the Bears could win two games with P.J. Walker? That's a great underlining. I think that's you a know, and that, And that's the thing. And that's what scares me. Uh, I want to see the Bears win every week. Uh, but the more they win, the coaching staff is going to stay. And I like Matt Eberflus, but I think he's a better defensive coordinator than he is a head coach. Well, I think he showed, showed that with... The way he handled the Claypool situation, the Allen Williams situation, the way he comes to the podium and and talks about the positives before he can be critical about anybody, you know. And I think Luke Getzey is a better quarterback coach than he is a uh, offensive coordinator to this point. And 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 are we going to roll these coaches over into next year with whatever decision they're going to make with the quarterback going forward? That that scares me. Yeah. Well, that still has to play out, but. I don't think there's any debating that the Bears defense has improved since Eberflus has taken over, right? Well, the, number, the numbers are there. Yeah. Here's what's interesting. I, did you guys watch the game last night? I mean, yeah. the Vikings, they look good. You know, they kind of grinded their way out to a win over the 49ers, but they were the in lead and control that game pretty much the whole time. But at the end of the day, like they put up a ton of offense. Like and then Kirk Cousins, he's he he tends to put up kind of fake. No, I don't want to call it fake numbers, but he puts up a lot of empty yardage, and they've been doing that all season. But like, still they they move the ball against the 49ers pretty consistently in that football game. And while I'm watching that, I'm like, shout out to the Bears defense, yeah, because because th- that offense looked terrible against the Bears. And the 49ers, like, that's one of the top two, three defenses in the entire league. So I'm I'm honestly kind of really encouraged by what's happened the last three weeks, especially. You should be. I mean, Washington, how, didn't they put up like 30, a 30 burger on the Eagles before they played the Bears and the Bears held them in check? You know, and then well, did they week- really did they really play the Bears, though? I mean, they were physically there. I don't know what this means. This is like a calm question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just ripping the commanders for the effort that yeah, night. Well, he, like here, yeah. here's no, that was like he, the ghost of Dick Buckus or something. <laughs> here's just one stat for you. Like through seven games, 
the Bears are allowing 82.3 rushing yards per game. That is good enough for fifth in the league, right? Better than the the Ravens defense, which is one of the best. It's better than the Chargers, who you're going to see. You know, it's up there. It's like right behind the 49ers. Well, and that's a huge improvement. Yes, and that, that's, a, yeah. that's what I was getting at. Like last year, Mark Carmen and his tennis racket could have ran against, you know, the, the Bears. That, that's how bad their defense was. This this is a, a change of personnel, but it, it's a, it's upgrades in, in coaching. I, I think it's notable. But the one, the one, uh, go ahead, Carm. I'm sorry. No, I was just, I'm co-signing. Plus deserves credit. And uh, I think what's even more encouraging is that you're starting to get a little bit of, not huge, but just at least glimpses of production from Dexter and Pickens, um, which is, you know, I think as important as anything you could possibly see on the defense this year that, that, that they got those guys at least somewhat right that there's something there because uh, the Bears need help up front desperately. Well, and I and I think that we talk about Tyson Bajant now taking the next step with the quarterback, you know, or having to go up against the Chargers on the road and maybe having to keep up with Justin Herbert. But the same thing is said for the defense. Because as my, my buddy Shane Marsaw, who came on the show last night with me on Bears After Dark, he pointed out, name the five quarterbacks that th- that the Matt Eberflus defense has beaten. Trey Lance, Davis Mills, Brian Hoyer, uh, Mac Jones, and who's the final one? Uh, 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 Sam Howell. Yeah. So th- they haven't beaten, you know, a quarterback really worth a grain of salt in a lot of ways. Like they, this is their first opportunity to take down a quarterback that actually has a little bit of pedigree. That's a good point. And who might be struggling though right now? Yeah, but yeah, you beat Herbert on Sunday night. That's on the road e- too. Easily the best quarterback that they've beaten. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
Let's uh let's get to a couple super chats here. I know we have uh Kent, if you want to throw these up, we can just go with the Coe's got MF five dollars. Maybe that Vikings defense was a little harder to handle than we expected. Well, I don't think there's any chance that you know we broke that down for a week or any doubt I should say that the way they mix things up confused that offensive line. It wasn't a good situation. Um, and that is something I'll be interested in this week. The Chargers defense isn't very good, but I still think Brandon Staley is going to mix things up a little bit more uh, to be to look. They they played well against Washington when they basically just said we have four good down linemen block them. They blocked them, and then then the Vikings are like, well, we're going to throw shit from all over, and you're going to have to figure it out. And they couldn't figure it out. And then this week it was basically like they had to stop one guy. And to their credit, they did. But if I'm watching this, if the Chargers or any opponent coming up here. I'm going to try to confuse the hell out of the offensive line and the quarterback at the same time. Um, and that'll be a, that'll be more of a test for pageant, I, I think. And perhaps it's, you know, an upgrade for Dev Lucas Patrick there at center. But um, I think Darnell Wright has a game to build off of. I don't think he was fully healthy. There's some game, <laughs> some snaps where he's like literally playing with one arm. I was going to say, he didn't look right when I watched he, the tape. He, he played well against Max Crosby. He was left on an island a couple times. Um, was it perfect? No, but for a rookie who is being thrown in the fire here a bit, you know, with a lot of reshuffling yeah. next to him, you know, him and Tevin Jenkins on, on the right side together. I mean, those are two. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, right, Braggs? Like, yep. they, they move on to watch. <laughs> They move people, you know, quite well. You, you put Mercedes Lewis out there, Cole Komet. I mean, you're moving some bodies in. You know, I, I know Cleo Mack is coming up, but to my Darnell Wright point, he's got some confidence to build off of that Max Crosby game for Mack coming up. Um, Andy Young here, 499. Could they draft Williams pending Carolina's draft position, keep Fields and Bajan, then make a trade decision <laughs> next preseason? <laughs> Oh, I hope so. Just to watch Bears fans go insane. That's <laughs> Andy. I would like to talk to your therapist about procrastination in your life and uh, figure out how that's impacting you on a daily basis. <laughs> the, the one thing I would say about that is it kind of hurts your trade value, right? Like there's there's a time you have to strike. Ryan Poles kind of mastered that last offseason with when he traded that first pick. Um yeah, I don't. I I think you're gonna have to make a decision on Fields way before the draft. If you know, if you're going down that road, and we're gonna be living in the same world that we lived last winter, yay! I mean, I I don't know. I think I go. I I was really pushing or uh, early in the off season last year to trade that pick before free agency. Cause it didn't make sense to me to wait and then not know how to approach free agency without knowing where you're picking. But this year, I think it's the opposite. I think you wait all the way until the night of the draft and you play this poker face and see what team would be crazy enough to give you their next four drafts. Like Mike Dicka did for Ricky Williams. You know what I mean? Like push this envelope as far as it possibly can go. Well, I think what helps with that leverage if is if fields plays feels he has to play better, right? Where 
there's some doubt out there whether or not you're actually going to make a move at quarterback. But you got your own pick. We'll see how high that one is. But it's a, it's a unique position of power for a Bears GM to be in again for, for, for another year. Yep. I talked to a former Bears coach yesterday that said if Bajan plays well Sunday, he would trade fields by Tuesday. Wow. Wow. It's the same. Wow. That's my reaction to that. Wow. I'll be. If, if, I don't if, know if that's smart though. Like that to me, that to, you don't just give them away. Like you. If, would, well, if you it, listen, if you if you know that you are out, I don't think they know this. But if you do know that you're out, then then make the best deal you can make. Period. If if you really you know trust trust your evaluation, get what you can, move forward. If you're out, I, again, I don't think they are. But that's. I, that's that would be if that happens. Don't think it's going to happen. That's that's what that's what they're telling you. We don't think doesn't have anything to do with Bajan. Obviously, that's what I'm saying. It, it's that decision trading him shouldn't have anything to do with it. Had, it has nothing to do with Bajan. It doesn't. It doesn't have anything to do with your draft pick. You just you know that you're not going to pay this guy. You don't think you can do it. I'm going to get what I can right now. I also think that would be a a dangerous move in the locker room. Midseason, I don't think that that move. Would I be. think that applies to Jalen Johnson and Darnell Mooney too. After what happened last year with Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith, where yeah. you have guys buying into everything that Matt Eberflus is is preaching right now. You have guys feeling good about what they're doing defensively. Based on what Jalen said yesterday on the score, we might see a deal by the trade deadline. I mean, a contract extension. Yeah, yeah. Well, deadlines per action. Deadlines plus. Pick sixes. Like if, if you're going back contract. to yes, if you're going back to what like Ryan Poles wanted wins this year. I don't think he let, let, let's say they go through this year without trading Darnell Mooney or Jalen Johnson, and you still can't resign them. You know, there's still the the comp pick formula to sort out too. Like there's still some compensation coming back if the Bears are are smarter free agency as well if they don't resign those two players. But I wouldn't trade those guys right now. Not at all. Uh, one more, and I, would, and I wouldn't trade fields either. You got to wait. Like you have to know where your picks are at the end of the day. You can't, you can't move anything until you know where you stand with the Panthers picking your own. Uh, I, yeah, I think that that's, that would be wise too. Um, David Galvez, four ninety nine. does the signing of Bajent give you more confidence in polls for finding a franchise QB if fields doesn't pan out? Good question. A little bit of a good question for, for sure. I don't know if this is fair or not, but honestly, I'd have more confidence if you had drafted them. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, if they had, like, pulled this guy out in the fourth round and been, like, with this much confidence in him, the fact that he got... Now, I like that once he got done, you know, free agency, they were aggressive in getting them, but seems like a little bit of a quarterback luck here, too, at the same time. And sometimes that's what it takes. Right, but I don't know. Does that make sense, or is that not well, fair? I, I do think Getzi's role, you right. know, Senior Bowl, helped Land Bajan come because undrafted free agency. Like what did Ryan Pace used to call it, like the wild, wild west, because of how competitive it was getting. Um, because everybody knows how many like teams miss on guys and undrafted free agents. There's more on there's more on NFL rosters today than there were 25 years ago. It's just a different ball game now. Um, are, are yeah, you, are, like I think it helps their QB evaluation. Sorry, Cameron, go ahead. 
No, I was just saying, are, are you saying the fact that they thought that Travis Bell, in theory, because they picked him in the seventh round, was a better player than Tyson Bajan is 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 not great, Hogue? Is that what you're saying? Because, I mean, they, I, you know, I don't, you know, everybody gives Belichick a pass. Well, that dude was supposed to have a third round grade. You're drafting him in the first round. What do you do? Well, he, we got conviction. No, 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 no. Like, knowing waiting and getting somebody who's going to be there and, and picking them up. That's the home run, which is what they did with Bajan. Well, but I, you know, that's a fair point. Yeah. Like also that's the balance of the draft, right? Like getting value. Yeah. We might like this guy, but we, our intelligence is also what we gather here is telling us that he's actually still going to be available in the next round. So let's wait. Yeah. Um, and if no one was really going to draft this guy and you took him in the fourth round, that's certainly the other side of it, which is like, well, you overdrafted him. You didn't need to do that. So I, I get it. It's a complicated way to look at it, but there's a little bit of luck involved in this, as there always is in the draft, if we're being honest. I give him credit for at least noticing what is in front of him when they had him in there. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. Uh, you paying attention to what 17's doing? Like, you you could miss that right in your face. That happens all the time. All right, one more super chat here. Uh, Andy Young. Uh, ha, fair. Procrastination is real. Also, I feel like we're so reactionary with coaches and QBs. We're never going to get better if we reset every two to three years. And there's a lot of truth in that. Not his procrastination, but the hitting the reset button after two to three years. Yep. It just is. It's, it's having GMs, coaches, and QBs not aligned. It's There's so many examples. Well, I want to live in the moment this week. I think it's an interesting game against the Chargers. I think the spread is too high. I think the Bears have a chance to win it. Um, you always want to live in the moment. Is that so bad? <laughs> no. <laughs> I just you always yell at me about looking ahead. So <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like this week, let's just take it for what it is. Another week to evaluate Bajan. Field isn't gonna play. And you know, Carm will either be really happy or really sad on Sunday night. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna yes, that's true. That's I have a lot invested in this at this point. If he plays it's well Sunday night game I, for Carm. I'm going to be I mean, the secret, the secret Bajan man is like taking over the world now. So you did this. Yeah, except this okay. Dave, what's his name guy? What's he doing? Why won't he respond to me? I'm getting annoyed. The dude oh, who the stole my guy? song. Yeah. So, this guy, the man who's singing Secret Bajan Man Part 2. And I'm inviting him on our show to have us like a sing off or just a hangout. And he won't respond to me on TikTok and or Twitter. <laughs> Secret page in part two, the electric time blue. Like, like, I get it. You're better at music than me. You can play the guitar and sing. But I had it first. I'm the original. You, you're a knockoff. You're, you're, I mean, what is this? This, this is malarkey. Um, but I do like the fact that people are tweeting me like, Carl, Chris Berman just said Secret Bajan Man. Tell him he can't do that. Can I, could I, should I have copyrighted Secret Bajan Man? Could we have done that? Can I, I begin? Get, I, I missed the, I missed the big missed opportunity <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> All you, right. Well, we you need to live on Duke Island. Yeah, yeah. We need to get out of here. Um, Cole Komet coming up at noon on CHGO. Uh, and uh, if you are around 
Sunday night, we're going to be at Fireplace Inn for uh, for the game, for a watch party, and hopefully our pre and post game. That's all on CHGO. Johns, you're going to LA? I'll, I'll be in LA. Look at you, man. All right. I'll be going to a Bears game. John's brave of you. Johns, we got one more tailgate. Are you going to come <laughs> to a damn tailgate? No well, chance. W- which game? The, the last one is the Thursday night game against the Panthers. So, you know, I know you're Hollywood like Hogue, but this is a, <laughs> this is a 7 p.m. game. So the tailgate oh, Thursday night be early. Yeah. The, the Thursday, Thursday night game. I, yeah. Actually, I might be able to do that because I'm going to be in the city at like two. Just to I was going to say you you will have you. That's the game to get you because right. you'll want to get downtown. To I traffic. need Hogue's parking spot with like it's, it's his, he's still parking inside the tailgate. We got no. we got you. We'll get you a we'll get you a spot. No. Bragg's lied to me back in August. He said, Yeah, we have a spot for you. <laughs> there was no spot. There's never been a spot. He lied. He doesn't come anyway. So what the hell? We'll get we'll get you to we'll we'll get you guys set up, I promise. But you gotta come to the tailgate. Okay. All right. Fine. I'll, I'll be there. There I'll it is. There, there it is. A commitment. It's on record. All right. Uh well. Karen Braggs, thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, boys. We appreciate it. Uh, make sure you're following everybody here at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns, at the Carm, at G Braggs Jr. 23, and our show account at Hogan Johns as well. You can find all the merch at HoganJohns.com. Read Johnsy on the Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. We will be back Thursday to preview the Chargers and Secret Bajant Man, game number two. We'll talk to you then. Nothing's off the table. Nothing is on the table right now.